bears, 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 country podcast. You know what? The Bears have had two devastating losses in a row. Two more comebacks in my mind. I think in a lot of people's mind that Justin Fields should have had on his record. That didn't happen. But we're not here to talk about that tonight. Tonight, we want to uh, reminisce and kind of talk about some of the good old days. And tonight's show is more like... What is it like to have worked for the Bears? We have a special guest with us tonight, and we're going to be talking all about that because he gave me a job working for the Bears with him, and it was a a good two, three-year span of things that we will never forget, and there's lots of stories more to come. Kitty, let's kick this off. country where is it it's in your man cave your home your car your local bar city state it's across the world it's in your heart and it's here the bears country podcast Welcome to Bears Country Podcast. Tonight, we are not going to talk about any of the losses that we just endured that we should have won. We're not going to talk about this season. We're going to take a moment at, on this segment tonight called Last Call at Hallis Hall to talk about what it was like to work for the Bears. I'm here with Dan Aguirre. We have a very special guest. His name is Vernon Roseman coming up in just a second. He he worked for the Bears um, as he worked for the copier company that the Bears hired. And they they brought in all the copy machines. And he he was behind the scenes and got to meet a lot of the players. I got to go into the press box. I was at on the field. I was in the locker room. Vernon and I both spent an entire week. I think it was a week. He might correct me at training camp at in Platteville. That's how long ago it was. And it was an amazing experience. And we're going to bring Vernon on here to talk about the, this in a second. Dan, thank you for joining me. I hope you're as excited as I am to talk about this tonight. Let's just get our minds off of this last couple of losses. I love to reminisce about uh, old Bears games, good or bad. So it's my pleasure to be with you. I'm looking forward to talking to him. And I love Dave Wanstead, so this is a good era for me. Awesome. Well, let's let's bring Vernon on. Vernon Roseman, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. How are you? 
I'm doing excellent. Let's let's not talk about this. I, I, I know that you and I talk about the Bears. Do you want to get anything off your chest about this season before we continue, or should we just dive into No, 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 no. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. As I told you before, you guys do a fantastic job on on the Barroom Net, Net, Network and uh, Bears Country Podcast. I, I tune into you guys, and I listen to you all, and it helps me. It helps me calm down, you know. <laughs> it, it, I, however, some of the t- when you go off, sometimes it takes me back at the days back in Round Lake. <laughs> Vernon, uh, please don't think this is an insult at all because it's a compliment. You you remind me of Sean Connery uh, yeah. with your accent, <laughs> well, like you. you could be James Bond. I. Uh, it's been told to me several times. There you go. I, I Dan, I have never he- heard that in his accent before because you're from Trinidad, right, Vern? So no, my my wife is. Oh, I, I grew up in Brooklyn. You grew up in yeah, Brooklyn. Yeah, okay. I have roots, roots. Okay, but I primarily grew up in Brooklyn. Your roots are from Trinidad. Yes. Yeah, okay. I can still see I always, him being James Bond. <laughs> truly, truly. When when I was younger, working with you, Vern, like you know, when we, gosh, that was so many years ago. Like I, I always thought of your accent as more of, um, like, uh, not Jamaican, but uh, somewhere in that realm. But it's not. I'm, I'm glad you pointed that out to me now, Dan. It's been this uh, many years. It's, it, 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 it's quite a mixture uh, because I also traveled for like 25 years. Mm-hmm. So and the tendency to pick up things everywhere I go. But in any case, we're here to talk about so, those days. So, Vernon, let, let's just go into, like, how did you get the job to work for the Bears in the first place? Well, it started off at the copier company I worked for. When I got there, the season was coming up, and they mentioned that they had this barter deal with the Bears. And I said, oh, okay. And we had to provide them with, I think it was three or four copies throughout the season. And in trade, they gave us two sets of tickets and um, two press passes. And then I learned no one wanted to, 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 to manage this. I said, hey, no problem. I got it. <laughs> So that's how it all came about, and they uh, ended up at the, you know the Bears behind the scenes, which was really amazing. I I really didn't see it as big as I see it today, mm-hmm. because there it was. Okay, I was there to do something. I was on a mission. I had to get things taken care of. I I didn't realize that. Oh, when you look at television from a fan point of view and you see all the stats and the, the, the media talks about this and talk about that, who would have known that behind the scenes, this is how it was produced? And, you know, mm-hmm. the days when you, you went there with me and we were in that booth with mm-hmm. the Bears stats people. We, we sat in the press box for every home game. Right. And if you remember, yeah. I, they... There was always someone focused. One person is focused on the quarterback. Another person is focused on wide receivers. And they would just mm-hmm. call out all of these numbers. 
and the director. He was entering everything onto a laptop. And that all then produced and came out on these stat sheets. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's how it all came about. And then they fed uh, the press box with it. They had runners that went down and gave it to everyone. It were the guys, the broadcasters standing by either television or radio. Uh, I remember there were, were a couple of phone booths in the press box. And guys were on the phone booths. In those days, the cell phone was bigger. Some of them were on those phones. And it's just now amazing thinking about it, of how that's how the information gets to the booth, gets out onto television, gets out onto radio. And we never thought about it until, until I went there. You know, it, I thought the same thing in that moment. Like, wow, we just have to go and, and make copies of all these stats and hand them out <laughs> to all the press people. I remember sitting right next to Andrea Kramer thinking, I'm sitting next to Andrea Kramer and they're handing us free Subway subs for lunch and water right. and sodas and stuff, you know? And But then we had to get up and we could, first off, we couldn't cheer. Right, so we had to sit there right. completely dead silent, just every play, like good or bad. And then you had to get up and miss the last however many minutes of each quarter to go run off all these uh, stats and then staple them all together, right? And then hand them to Andrea Kramer and Mark Giangreco and so-and-so and so-and-so. Right, right. And, and that was, what an experience in itself that was. Because well, I, you know, I go ahead. No, I was going to say you, you're upset that you can't cheer and you can't, you know, <laughs> boo, and then you have to stop what you're doing right before the end of every quarter and do all this. But it just made it that much more interesting and fun because you're you're literally handing these stat sheets to this, you know, famous person and this famous person and this famous person, and it just made it. Who cares, you know? That's interrupt you. That's true, and you know, I'm sure today it's probably all automated. You know, it's probably a, on their phones now. Think that they all dial into, and that mm -hmm. information is sent all to them. And, I'm sure it you know, is. But the, the the great part for me with this is now today I sit back and I look and say, wow. Your average fan, your above average fan, doesn't get to experience this. And we had this opportunity to do that. So it's much mm -hmm. more appreciated now. And mm -hmm. with that, you know, it, it brought a whole lot the amount of people I met, mm -hmm. of owners of teams, um, players, the man himself, Walter Payton, you know, Dick Butkus, Gail Sayers. And I can go on and on. And those were great opportunities. That was like, well, okay. I you know, I, I, sure I, wanted, like I, I wanted to save this for later, but it just kind of puts me into this go mode ahead. where we got to go on the field. We got to go into the locker room. We got to go into train. We got we went to training camp and stayed there for, was it a week or right. was it just a, a weekend? Week, a week. I thought it was, no, a, week. It was okay. a week. It was a week, yes. <laughs> I mean, it, we can get it all, into all that in a moment. But the point I'm making is you were standing there on the sideline 
and Walter Payton. Explain your Walter Payton story to everyone. Dan, you're going to love this one. I was down on the sideline. It was before the, before the game because I had just roam around before, you know, get there early. And I had on a 34 jersey. Uh, and I had a program in my And I didn't see him. And I was standing on the sideline just looking around. And he just walked up to me and grabbed the jersey and pulled it. And he said, what's happening, bro? And he autographed it. And we just stood there and started talking. And I'm like, in my, in my mind, wow, I met the man. And what was much more fantastic about that is that I have that ball that he autographed before I even knew that. Uh, and the ball assigned a happy 40th birthday for him. So we stood there, chilled, talked for a while. Didn't talk football, just talked about, you know, uh, Life. our family. We talked about any anything that was going on, you know, when, when they were running obviously practicing. And when they, you know, you had footsteps coming across the field at you. He would grab me and pull me and go, wow, come on, move out of the way. You got to run when, they, when you hear those things. Right. And then right. it lasted for about 10, 15 minutes. And then he went on his way. It, it, it was just just so awesome. What an amazing moment to be able to sit there and have a conversation with Walter Payton on the field. Please tell me you still have the jersey that he autographed. I do. Outstanding. Oh God! Don't yeah. don't sell that no matter what. Uh, that's something I you have to keep yes, to you die. If that were me, they would bury me in it. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah, he still has it. We were we were trying to get to, yeah, together some the memorabilia. This isn't the ball he signed though. That's your Dan Hampton ball. Yeah, that's the Dan Hampton. That was another. Uh, my sister who passed recently uh, had lupus. I had not seen her for quite some time. And uh, when I spoke to her and she told me she had lupus and she said, I don't look the same. And I said, well, I don't know what that means. But um, she was being deep into the Lupus Foundation. So one day one of the games, I was talking to someone in, I think, public relations. And I was telling about Zori and I said, well, you know, Dan likes to do like this. He's in the building. Let's go meet him. And they took me over and I met him. And I told him, we talked and he said, I tell you what, if you can get, um, and we have them downstairs in the stadium, trophy balls, and that's one of them. And he said, mm -hmm. I'll autograph them for you. So somebody ran downstairs, got six balls for me. I paid them. And then autographed all of them. And I auctioned off. Um, I, I auctioned off about five of them. And I kept this one. And mm -hmm. if you remember, Dan, in Round Lake, there was a sports store that sold used sports equipment. Yes. And they participated in this. Mm -hmm. And that's how I came about with this ball and Dan Hampton. Wow. It was just fantastic. That's crazy, man. <laughs>
You should you should yeah. probably refer to me as Shorty because Dan is also a Dan. He doesn't know which which Dan you're talking to. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I understood okay, he Shorty. was talking to you. I, I knew he was talking to you. It's okay. I promise. No, I know. Oh, I did. I thought he was talking to you at first. <laughs> but I mean, there was there was so many things that we got to do during this era. Like not only go to every home game, which was you know when you're it's owning season tickets to a team can get you know exhausting. You know, but we were going to every home game running off these stats, missing the last whatever of, of each quarter to put together the stat sheets to give them to the, you know, famous reporters it, that everyone sees on TV. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then it really was, yeah. And from there, we got to go to uh, training camp. We got, Not only on the field, mm-hmm. but we got to go into the locker room and then into training camp for that week. So, so we've, we're talking about on the field right now. So you met Walter Payton on the field. Like, who else did you meet on the field? Because I wasn't on the field as much as you were. I think I might have gone on the field once with you. Uh, I think so. And if I remember correctly, it was a cold, windy day because I remember having on my stadium coat. And we didn't sit down there much. But talking about walking around in the press box, um, the, the owner... God bless his soul, he's passed away, uh, the Raiders. Michael McCaskey? No, the Raiders, Raiders. Oh, the oh. Raiders, uh, Al Davis. Al Davis, Al yeah. Davis. Mm-hmm. He sticks in my mind because he is such a character. The personality that we see and that person we see in television is not the person I met. I met this cool, mm-hmm. calm guy dressed all in white. And every finger, he had a championship ring on. And he had this entourage with him. One of them, I remember this young woman, she was short, she's a scout. But she walked around like, you know, she was seven feet tall and big. And he had this entourage. And I walked, and he would just, he just walked up and said, hi, how are you? And they would just walk around the press box and meet people. Then the game started. The game started, and he won't go to the, to his to his booth because they're not allowed. The owners are not allowed to stay in the press box. They have to go up to the owners' booth. Huh. And man, that personality changed. <laughs> I heard every f bomb <laughs> there was on the face of this earth, and he would be pounding on the glass. You remember there was a glass in front of the of the press box. And he would mm-hmm. be count, pounding on that. Security is trying to get him get him to go to his box. He won't go. And the, the entourage with him, they can't get him to go either. And then finally he calmed down and he said, you know what? All right, all right, all right, all right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go, I'm going to go. And he took off. What a character. But I, the vision I have is these, every finger was a ring on it championship ring super bowl and he just walked around like that very very <laughs> different person than what than what you see until that game started and then he's pounding on the glass yes <laughs> beating on the glass because it did some up uh, it, it, it was a bad call 
that 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 they, that they made. And uh, obviously, he's now turned into a coach from up there. And why you all didn't call this? It was amazing. Another one I met was Jerry Jones from the famous Cowboys. Very, very pleasant man. Very, wow, very he was a lot younger then, too. Yeah, yeah. And that was just a shake of the hand. Hi, how are you? And he found that there were, there were so many, I'll call them famous people, uh, that, that I saw going through the press box. And this all happened, you know, you see them before the game, the walking through. Um, and, you you know, you just walk up to them and you say, hi, and they, they greet you. Nobody, I, I can't say anyone ever snobbed. I know I can't see anybody ever snobbed. But it it, 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 was, it was really, it was excellent. It was excellent. It's probably because you were on the sideline, you know, so they're not looking. It's like when you're backstage at a movie production, you know, I've been backstage with Kitty on her movie productions and talking mm -hmm. with actors and stuff, and they don't know that I'm not somebody's husband or boyfriend. They just think I'm there on the production, you know? So when you're on the field like that, they just assume that you're part of the production, and they're like, hey, what's up? How you doing? Let me, let me just sign your jersey for you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that vision, I would never... Never I feel like we're talking too much, Dan. Do you have anything to interject on this? <laughs> no, man. I just want to listen to Vernon. But yeah, I was thinking, I bet you that was the Bears and Raiders in 96 that he was talking about. I, I remember the Raiders had a fullback that day named Joe Aska that was running over the Bears. But the Bears ultimately would win with uh, former Raider Jeff Jager kicking a field goal that day. But yeah, mm -hmm. just uh, that's amazing. Aldo and I both have, have said, if you ever had a second team, like I don't mean today, but if, you, if at some point in your life, maybe if you were a kid and you didn't become a Bears fan, who would it have been? And both of us said probably the Raiders. So <laughs> I like Al Davis, John Madden, that image. So, yeah, to meet yes. Al Davis is is, is incredible. Yes. Did you ever meet Mike Ditka by any chance at one of the games? No. No, I never did. Never did. Too late never by did. then. Didn't yeah. yeah. I, I was hoping maybe you I saw him when, like, when, the, when he came back with the Saints or something, you know? Mm -hmm. No. No, that was like, I th I, what What time frame was that, Vernon? Was that like 95, 96, 97, or was it 94, 95, 96? I think 94, 5. I, I still have the, I still have my media press pass here. This is what we walked around with and got in everywhere. Oh, you still have the media press pass? That's what this oh. is, yeah. That's my 1995 media press pass. Let's see if I yeah, can... mine's downstairs somewhere. Let's see if I can blow it up any larger. It's got my wow. name on it. Don't copy my. Don't copy my. That's my old signature, so don't copy it. <laughs> Man, the '95 Bears awesome. were so fun with Eric Kramer and Curtis Conway and Jeff Graham. Yes, I, yes. I love that season. I love that season. Mm -hmm. Was that the 2,000-yard uh, receivers that year? Was that 95, Dan? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. And Graham then Rashawn Salam, actually, people forget, had the most rushing yards for a rookie ever at that season, although I think it was broken years later by Matt Forte in 2008. But, uh, yeah, so Salam was running well, but he just kept fumbling. But Kramer had still to this day has the most touchdowns in a single season 
for Chicago Bears quarterbacking Conway and Graham. It was so fun. It was just so fun, man. What, 29 so, touchdowns and how many interceptions? Uh, he was like, single digits, I think. Yeah, it was like 29 and 12 or something. Do you all recall, I've I've shared this story uh, with Aldo, do you recall how the Bears missed the playoffs that year? It's sickening. I mean, it literally will make you vomit. I'll tell you if you, if you don't know. I forgot. Do you remember, Vernon? No. Okay. <laughs> so it's week 17. It's Christmas Eve. The Bears have to beat Philadelphia, which they do. So the Bears beat Philly. They go back to the locker room. They're just sitting and chilling and waiting, you know? Because San Francisco is in Atlanta at the same time. Keeping oh, yes. the context here, the 49ers are the reigning, defending Super Bowl champions. They had beaten the Falcons the way the Packers beat us now, just over and over and over and over and over. The Falcons that year were led by Jeff George. He's hurt. He gets hurt in the game. Bobby Bear enters the game. Bobby Bear, which I really want to say some cuss words, but I won't. So <laughs> Bobby Bear comes in. The, the, the 49ers just need one stop, and the Bears make the playoffs. And Bobby Bear slings a pass to Terrence Mathis, who breaks through like four 49ers and goes like 60 yards. And, of course, with under a minute to go, the Falcons score and the Bears are eliminated. Merry Christmas. Bobby Bear. His shining moment in the league. His memory is amazing, isn't it, Vern? I I know. (laughs) I mean, I I thought I had all this shit in my head. That's why I'm like, I'm going to do a podcast because I remember all this shit. (laughs) <laughs> well, th- this evening I was telling Leash because I called the kids and told them tonight, okay? And I was telling Leash, um, I said, this this is as a Dan. And if you come on tonight, make sure you listen to him. He's a walking football encyclopedia. I said. <laughs> I just don't have a life, Vernon, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, and Danny it, it isn't too far back. And she said, I know for sure. I know for sure because she she remembers all that stuff too. But any yeah, case, I take yeah. all this stuff personally, man. I bet you all oh, do I, too. Uh, no, personally, personally. <laughs> I mean, we've talked about the Packers, Dan. Like uh, oh. you, you could have not said it better. I take the Packers more personal than anyone on the face of this earth. I mean, it, it, just as much as you. It, it's it's such a personal rivalry and personal matchup. Every game is just such a their own infinite bullshit of defeat you know it's it's just ugh. and and well, they have the temerity to say that there, there's a thing on twitter where packer fans were wanting rogers traded because they're three and three God, oh, they're like God. again they're the spoiled kid in school that had a seventy thousand dollar car in 10th grade that's who the packers <laughs> fans are well then i don't know if i told you this but you remember um after i left the copier company the Bears then called me back and said the company I worked for did not want the deal anymore. So if I can help them out. And I said, sure. And they said, okay, but you still get your, your press pass to come on. And that's when I went to work for the yacht company. And there was a guy, a Packer fan, who was joined at some bar and they duct taped him to a light pole. Oh, yes. <laughs> remember I remember that. that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Yes. 
I remember the first part of that story and that part too. <laughs> and, and, and you I, probably and, deserved and, it. And being working in Wisconsin, and whenever I you know I had to go to go to, go to work after, I would not put on my bears gear at all. I leave it in the car <laughs> because that was yeah, yeah. a good country, and everybody there were packers. So I well, Ver, then go Ver, change in the car. You didn't like get to see, you know, when I started working at the company I worked at for 15 years before we moved from Illinois, and I worked next. There was four of us in one room about i don't know probably 10 by 15 room with four computers <laughs> stations at it and like all of the uh you know uh the, the computers that ran the software for the company and we were in there and i worked with there was four of us and one of them was a packer fan and he absolutely destroyed me every single week i have so much the pack, the Packer hatred that I have is built up from him, and we had a running mm -hmm. Bet jersey, and I I wore so many Brett Favre jerseys, and he wore my Brian Urlacher jersey twice, and it was only because of the Lovey Smith era, and it was awful. So I know what you're saying. It's just this. We've been just be we've been beaten down by the Packers. We've been, the, the national media wants to beat us down all the time. The local media tries, and then they start beating us down when they start seeing you know it's too it starts to start right. it's it's time to start beating us down again. And then I got to tell you, to I'm shocked. I got, I'm shocked that you would agree to a bet that may result in you wearing a Farf jersey. There's no there's <laughs> nothing in this world that would make me risk that. A Favre or an Aaron Rodgers jersey. To me, that's like I'm not even Jewish, but if I were, they'd be asking me to like to put a swastika on. <laughs> no, I was that confident, Dan. That's it. I'm never that confident. We lose too much for me to ever be that confident. I oh, was man. just at the Dan. time I was that confident. I'm like, you, you know, you know, we talk, we talk about this. We always bet on we don't bet, but we always think the Bears are gonna win. And when we used to do confidence pools, you know, at work, and I would just take either the Bears were a one or they were a fourteen, you know. <laughs> so it's, it's I, I, I always thought they were going to win. There was a gentleman, as he said, Jewish, in the stats room. He was a statistician for all the Chicago teams. He is a gentleman that I don't know if you were there that day. He, well, the director, he wore his Super Bowl ring uh, many a times. But this gentleman is the gentleman, he, he would collect all of the paraphernalia that you get at the games that they don't sell, that they would give up. When I started doing the sports memorabilia, uh, going to the different shows and stuff like that, that's where I used to get the things from. He has, um, he has every one of the Bulls rings. He brought them into the stats room one day because he had to go to the bank and get them out of the vault. I don't know if he was there for that, and he, he brought them in so that we can see them. Wow. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it was just awesome. I tried to get from him. I went to his home once, and he had all this memorabilia in his house he had from 
broken hockey sticks that were autographed to Michael MJ's basketballs sitting on his shelf. Wow. Newspapers. Um, I, you name it. Some of the things that I have is from the games that it would give out. But so you can't you cannot buy it. And some of the memorabilia I still have is 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 from that. But I don't know if you met this guy. He was a, an older gentleman. Um small I never met you know, that. I never met him, no. I don't remember him. I yeah. might have though. Uh, yeah, it's the the, the 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 rings was something else, and he got the Bulls gave the rings to everyone, mm-hmm. and he was fortunate he got a ring, and wow. he has every single ring. Did the Bears but give a ring to everyone too? They did. Um, I know I saw one of the females at Hallis Hall, the receptionist, when I first went here. She was wearing one. I think they gave um, watches or something to like the security guards and other people, but not everyone got. I think director levels and stuff because the director of the uh, staff room, he was he 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 wore one. He wore one. Oh, that's a shame. Um, yeah, the the jersey behind me for Dan fifty one. You know who that is, right? Jim Morrissey. Oh, yeah. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> he also was 51, though, Jim Morrissey. But I know it's he Butkus. He was Jim yes. Morrissey. <laughs> this one is autographed. This one is also signed. Wow. This is a night. This isn't a night, and 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 Dan, not Danny. Dan can chime in with. I'm sure you remember. You mean, you mean Shorty, Shorty, or Dan? <laughs> Dan. I, yeah, I, I, have yeah. a, I have a challenge calling you shorty. Um, I know it's hard, yeah. <laughs> this this is a fact. Call, uh, how about how about Danny? Here's Call me Danny. Uh, all right, Danny. <laughs> Danny this and Dan. That's what we... Yes. The night Butkus and Sayers. Oh, that's my birthday. Time. That's Halloween nineteen ninety four. That was my fourteenth birthday. You remember that game? The rain. Oh, we got our asses yes. kicked. How could I not forget yes. that? Game? <laughs> hey, can I real quick? Can I ask you about your jersey there? In the on the left corner, is it got the NFL 50th logo on? Is that what it is? In the on the uh, left. Yeah, what you're touching yes. is that the. I think you're right, Dan. I think that is the. Oh, I love 50th. that big NFL 50. Oh no, it's a C. Okay. Yeah, um, in 1969, they had the NFL 50 as a huge logo on the sleeve. I thought you had that. I was going to be like, wow, what a badass jersey. I mean, it's still a yeah. good jersey. I just love that NFL 50 logo from 69. But go yeah, ahead, no, sir. That, I, I didn't mean to break your train of thought. No, 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 no. You're good. That uh, that was the night I met Sayers and Butkus. Mm. I had on a white base cap, which disappeared somewhere over the years. Sayers signed one side and Butka signed the other. And this jersey was being sold downstairs in the stadium. And again, someone ran downstairs and got one and Butka signed it. That was another conversation that never knew you would have a conversation with Gail Sayers and Dick Butkus. <laughs> you know, when you were a kid, were you a Bears fan? 
Yes. So when you I were really where, young, where I lived, it was always theirs. So Sayers and Butkus were like icons to you. I mean, for, to everybody, but to yeah. you, you saw them then, right? So mm -hmm. that's amazing. And then get to meet them, and and uh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah, you watch that... you watch them play. Yes. Because I, I know you look like you're in your 40s, but you're not. <laughs> <laughs> I know you, you you mentioned that before, and I said, okay, thanks. I'll take it. Well, I've got a question for you, Vernon. Vernon, yeah. I'm going to ask your opinion. Uh, I guess you know who Mike North is uh, that was on Chicago radio for so many years. He worked with Dan Jiggets. Uh, he's on the mm -hmm. barroom some too. But he was great in the Chicago radio market for, you know, the number three market in the country for over a decade. So, yeah. but I asked him this, I said, Mike, who would you take? Uh, you, you take injury out of it and death and all that. Just I'm pure. Like both of them were rookies. Would you rather have Sayers or Walter? And Mike North said Sayers. Ooh. Oof. I, go I mean, over. pretend you Gail's not going to get hurt. It's just all things equal. Both guys, let's just say they're both 23. They're both rookies. Here they are. Do you draft Gail or do you draft Walter? Ooh, that's a, that's a tough one. I know, man. I wish I could see Sayers play. Like those games, you can't really find old games until 77 uh, in terms of uh, Bears regular season games. I wish I could see Gail and Butkus for that matter. Yeah, that's a, that's that's a real tough one. That's a real tough one. Oh, but yeah, if, if it, you, it, it if, was. If 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 Gail Sayers could play his entire, let's say, twelve-year career without an injury, or let's just match it to Peyton's thirteen-year career, that is a good, a very good question, Dan. Yeah, and like I said, Mike North said that uh, he would take Gail Sayers. And I know that's almost blasphemous as Bear fans, but I think just because so many of us didn't get to see Gale play, we we don't understand how great the man was. Right. Yeah, it it was so it, it, the time frame it was so short, it was right. so short. But um, well, that's, was that it like three one. seasons? Was I think it was only much? three seasons, right? No, no, he was like 65 to 71, maybe. And and but he he had some serious injuries along the way. Right. Mm -hmm. 65 to 71, though? It was like 65, maybe 70, but I think 71. Oh, oh games played. No, I just meant from he was a no, rookie no, no, in 65. Oh, yeah, he, yeah, he yeah, and yeah. Buckus both were drafted in 65. I think he threw it up or hung it up in 71 is what I was saying. But when did he blow his knee out? He, he hung it up after he blew his knee out. I know. He, he, came, back and back had a, he came back and had 1,000 yards, I believe. After that, it was just a – it was like a workman 1,000 versus like explosiveness and just like, wow, look, watch this guy run. He just came right. back and, and did it like a guy with less talent, I guess you could say, but still proved that right. he could get 1,000 yards. The hard way, yeah. But you got somebody comparing him, Barry. Barry Sanders. Yeah, somebody. Yeah, yeah. That I could see that their comparison with their athleticism and such. And mm -hmm. Walter's more of a bowling ball that's going to run your ass over and make you afraid to even hit him. <laughs> no kidding. And you know, people forget that before Barry Sanders was. That previous running back, uh, 
He was also number 20 on, on the Lions. That was almost as good as you Barry, Barry Sims? Sanders. Sims, yes. Yeah. Not Barry Sims, but Sims. It was was it Barry Sims? Maybe not. His name was, was Sims, though, in the mid-80s. It was Sims. He was almost as good as Barry Sanders, too, but not as long as a, as a career. I, Dan, I almost thought that when Barry Sanders retired, he was just short of breaking Walter Payton's record. I honestly thought he retired early because he just didn't want to break it. And he thought, you know, well, had on he, the Lions. Why am I going to break really? the record on the Lions? But had he broken it, I would have felt like, okay, this guy deserves it. He worked his ass off. He was good. He was on some bad teams like Walter versus Emmett Smith, who had like four pro bowlers on his offensive line like the first six years. And then when everyone in front of him wasn't great, he suddenly was below average the rest yeah. of the way. So when Emmett broke it, I thought this guy just is so lucky to be where he was at and didn't deserve this. I agree. What Man, do you feel about what? Go ahead, Vernon. Danny. Plattsville, up at the training camp. What oh, is, what, you want to get into that? Let's do that. that. Yeah. Oh, I have so many thoughts I'm, on that. Be, being in the dorm with all these players, you know, <laughs> a, a fan, a fan of the Bears with this opportunity. I mean, we stayed in the dorm room for an entire week with the Bears. We ate our meals with them. We stood on the sidelines with them. I almost had my knees taken off by a tackle. I mean, that is a story I think that we should talk about right after this. She's not ready for it. Tell us all, since I came here, has been expanded twice. Both times after we were gone, by the way. So <laughs> we, never, we never got it. But I mean, it was tiny. Do, do you think that uh, Olin Krutz would politely ask you to leave the weight room because it was so crowded? <laughs> you, of I told you what Olin, I told you what Olin used to say to me. I know. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> no, and, and that was at 5 o'clock when there's, you know, there's no players around. <laughs> oh, Olin, so you know, get the fuck out of my weight room. <laughs> Oh, and I go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I got a commercial. <laughs> Thank you, Barham Network, for all the support that you've been giving us here at Barham Network. We really appreciate you, and we we can we consider the Barham Network to be our podfather. You are watching Bears Country Podcast, but we are in association with them, and we're both trying to help each other out, and this is an awesome marriage that we have, and we have Dan Aguirre here because of that. So we just want to say thank you to the Barb Network. So now we can get into this conversation, Vernon, because this is going to take a minute, because we spent an entire fucking week at Platteville, back when it was Platteville. That's and correct. we stayed in the dorm rooms with the Bears. We ate our meals with them. We got in line to get our meals before we ate our meals with them. We stood on the sidelines. We slept in the same dorm rooms. I mean, 
And then the same curfew. <laughs> same curfew. Yes. I was like, um, where, where can I go smoke a bowl right now? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, we can't uh, do that because we're in the dorm room. And I think I remember like cracking the window and just blowing it out the like a little side piece in the window. <laughs> Not to say that you did, but I did. I definitely did. And it, it yeah, was like, did. I can't believe that we did that. Like we ate our, I remember standing in line getting with a, a food tray. Mm -hmm. You remember that Vern? Like you're uh -huh. in yeah. the slop tent, you know, you're at, you're in like a high school lunch. You pick up your tray go along and you get your stuff on it and you go sit down and you pick a table and you sit down right am i remembering that correctly yes you are yes yes you and are. then we I you can hear conversation is a defensive player his i want to say 95 number 95 richard dent i remember stand up it was a dent stand next to him and his arms were so long went down past his knees was it you saying 1995 no 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 number 95 he said it's, it's dent yeah oh, was it was there. it was richard dent mm. yeah he was still on the team then what is it he he left in what 2000 he, or 1992 no, he, or something he left after 93 went to the 49ers and won a ring there but he got hurt in week two missed the whole season but came back in 95 after his one year in san francisco Right, oh, right, right. Could right. have been him then. Could have been him. Wow. Oh, there was a guy named Mark Thomas, a white guy that, that was 95. No. Was so it was probably Dent then. It's probably Dent. Yeah, it, it probably was Dent. Mark Thomas? Get, get, I forgot about him uh, until you said that. Mark Thomas <laughs> cried when the Bears were 0-7 and beat Miami on Monday Night Football, and so did I. So. <laughs> <laughs> I probably did too. <laughs> But like I remember sitting, we were under the tents when I remember Chris Zorch was working out an injury and he was on the bicycle, just going yes. at it, and we were just standing there within feet from him, like talking about like, well, there's Chris Zorch right there, three feet away from us. Like, do you think he's going to come back? Like, blah blah blah. It's, it was amazing to be there in that and have that experience. I was standing on the sideline for a play. I remember. That there was a wide, it was like a deep route. The wide receiver was coming down the right sideline. I was standing right there. He caught a pass. The DB just took him out, and I had to jump forwards. You know, where you just, I almost had to like fall on the two of them to keep my knees from being taken out. And I'll never forget that. I mean, those experiences of being at the game like that were just they're just priceless. Or at, at, at training camp, I should say. You know, and what was also surprising is the amount of people that work there that right. goes to the training camp. Just they follow them and just go there for that. Mm -hmm. um, I, it, it's I, I, and the Bears bus. There's a Bears bus that you see it at every game, right? And they were also up at the at the, at the camp, but mm -hmm. you know, and 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 the and the fans uh, were, that were on the other side of the fence. That obviously thought that we were affiliated with them, which we were, and we're right. trying to get autographs and <laughs> all of this. <laughs> and we're, we were always like, ha ha, 
We get to be over here and you can't. <laughs> I kept trying to think who could be the most nondescript receiver could have taken your legs out and changed your life, Dan. You could have had your legs ruined by Michael Tempson. I was thinking that too. I was trying to figure out who that was. And I meant to pull up a clip of or like a, look at some videos of that era to find out who that receiver was. And I kept thinking Tillman, but you said Michael Clemson. You say Clemson? Tempson. T I M P S O N. I'm I'm pretty sure it might have been someone like that. Yeah. <laughs> Nate Lewis. There's but another. who who was the defensive back? The defensive back, uh, it could have been uh Walt. Uh, well, Walt came in in '96. Walt Harris. It could have been. God, what was the one corner that always got beat? Uh, God, I hated him. Um, not Lemuel Stenson. He was after Sten Jeremy Lincoln. Oh, Jeremy Lincoln. Oh my God, Jeremy Lincoln made me crazy. Because I, I liked I liked Wolford, and then uh, who did we have to replace Wolford? Like '95 would have been Jeremy Lincoln, and Wolford was already gone. Yeah, he was gone. It was Jeremy Lincoln and uh, Walt Harris, wasn't it? Uh, Walt came in in 96. Okay. Jeez, the God, I have to look this, this up. I can't remember who the other corner was in 95, so my memory's not too good. I got to look this up. I, I Dan, I beg to differ. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I got to remember this. Who am I forgetting? Chicago Bears roster. I got to look this up in real time, man. I, I just... This will drive me crazy. Why, why do you beg to differ, Vern? Who do you think it was? No, 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 no. His memory. What oh, he yes. His memory. You're right. You're right. Yes. Yes. I beg to differ as Are well. Yes. Me? I know. He's insane, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Defensive starters. Oh, we still did have Wolford. Okay. So it is Wolford and Lincoln. So Wolford went to Pittsburgh in 97. Wow. Donnell was with us in 96 too. So I was way off on that. I thought Wolford was gone after 94. Yeah, so Ditka, if you remember, in 89 was saying, like, ah, this kid's going to be a bust. Hell, we might not win another game the rest of the season because of him, and they didn't win another game, which is not fair to put that on Wolford, but he turned out to be a really solid player for us. Yes, he did. Wolford was awesome for the Bears, for sure. But I'm pretty sure it was Lincoln that I was avoiding that tackle from out of bounds. Oh, man, it was... I hated Jeremy Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> he nearly took Danny out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like then... Early in the late Ditka years, it was always Lemuel Stenson, like running behind a wide receiver that's just beaten him, and then it was Jeremy Lincoln. There's always one, if not mm -hmm. two, that bears corners that are always getting burned, and those, those guys are, are right there in the Hall of Fame class of bad corners. <laughs> I know, man. You know, that that era was very frustrating for me. I know you love Wanstead, and I loved Wanstead too. And I, I never really saw any value of what we were getting out of the Wanstead era, so I always hated Wanstead. I'm, I'm the opposite of you on that. I always hated Wanstead. Now I don't. Now I've come to revere. In fact, I see Wanstead talking all over Chicago sports media, and I'm like, why isn't he in fucking Dallas talking about the Cowboys? Why is in Chicago talking about a failed Bears team, you know, as a head coach that he was? And the more and more I listen to him, the more and more I like him. And the more and more I realize he really did try to put together a pretty good team. And that team wasn't terrible. I mean, they had they had problems at running back. You know, was it Lewis Tillman gave him some problems in that era? 
they had a what they got the playoffs with a who was their there was their backup playing in '94 in the playoffs. Raymond Harris. No, the quarterback. Oh, Steve Walsh. It was yeah, Steve Walsh. Yeah, Walsh started the game in Minnesota and in uh, San Francisco, but it was quickly lifted for Kramer because we were just so behind. But yeah, yeah. they had Lewis Tillman that year and Raymond Harris, and then the next year they drafted Salam. See, right. if you look back at Wani, though, he, his first year is 93. The Bears are 7-5 and five, and then lose the last four. So they almost were, were right on the cusp of the playoffs in 93. 94, they make it to the second round. I told you earlier how they were eliminated in 95 at the very last second, which was horrible. But then Kramer breaks his neck in week four of 96. So they panic and trade for Rick Meyer. They literally give up a first-round pick to get Rick Meyer, who didn't even throw a single touchdown as a Bear. It's just the worst trade in the history of the organization. No, so that's what that's what killed Wani right there. And I loved Brian Cox, but Brian Cox didn't deliver on what they signed him for. No, they, they, they brought him in to be Mike Singletary, and he had right. the intensity, but it just didn't work. Yeah, it's like they were trying to replace the Mike Ditka era with the Dave Wanstead era. You know, a mustache coach. You know, coming in from the Cowboys, and. It just didn't pan out. But the Bears always played hard for him. Even when yeah. they were really bad, like the games would be close. They'd lose by two or three usually. It's just like the team, he always – it was he was the opposite of Matt Nagy, who the, it seemed like the whole time the team was always flat under his watch. Wants mm -hmm. to at least had his guys ready to play. That's true. I'll give you that. That's why I've come back to like say, okay, he wasn't that bad of a coach. I've seen worse. Yeah, I Danny, did one. you run into him in those times? At the field oh yeah, I I room? yeah I went into the to the locker room. I don't remember running into him at all. I went into the locker room. I said, "Fuck it, I have this, I have this pass right here. I'm going into the locker room because this pass says that I can go into the locker room." I remember I remember walking in and just seeing dicks swinging everywhere, and I was like. Oh, I forgot this was a locker room. I should probably just get out of here. And I turned around, and there was Dave Wanstead standing there. He was like eight feet tall. I'm, I'm 6'2". I'm not short. And I was looking up at him like, holy shit. And he goes, what are you doing here, kid? And I'm like, uh, I have this. I have a press pass. I have this press pass right here. He's like, are you here to... For, for the media to talk to people? I was like, uh, no. He's like, get out of here. I'm like, I'm leaving. And I left. And that's when I walked out and I saw what I thought was Peter P.T. Willis, but now it's I, my memory has uh, been corrected by you, Dan. Eric Kramer sitting there in the hallway, still wearing his uniform with his helmet in his hands, just still suffering from that loss. And I think that was the Pittsburgh game, Dan. Yeah, the, the Bears were 6-2 and two and had a lead on Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh went to the Super Bowl that year, too, so it's not like they were, were scrubs or something. But, yeah, it was 37-34. to 34. We lost in overtime uh, to Norm Johnson. And wouldn't you know it, Kevin Butler missed another field goal that day, too. That's a guy that we always revere as, like, a great Bear because he was there so long. But, man, did he miss game winners. Like, I mean – I would say he probably missed like 75% of his game-winning kicks over the years. I'm just pulling that on my ass. But if you go back 
and watch old games, Kevin Butler will infuriate you. Well, he, he also had the record for the most points scored, so that's what made him so revered too. But, I mean, like in the Raiders game in 93, he missed a 19-yard field goal that would have won the game. He, he missed two. Harbaugh let him down two times, and he missed both field goals, including one that was 19 yards. It's just I like, dude, 19 yards. I could probably hit a 19-yarder. I remember that Raider game. That was penalty after penalty after – that was one of those penalty games. The Bears just penalty at every time they did something right, it was a penalty. And it was just infuriating. I remember that game, Dan. Yeah, I just seeing him miss those kicks. Let me ask you a question. What was what was the score that uh, Halloween game that night? Every time I told you. Oh, if I had to guess, I don't know off the top of my head. I've never watched that game back, but I'm guessing thirty-four-six. I was going to say thirty-five-fourteen. I'm going to say six. I don't even think we scored a touchdown. We uh, Kramer got benched during the game. I remember that. And Edgar Bennett and Brett Favre both just ran all over us. Favre had a big rushing touchdown that game, too. And we had, game. Throw, right. we had the throwback jerseys on from 1926 or whatever, which I liked with the stripes. But, man, we got our asses kicked. It was horrible. Yeah, and the, the entire retirement that was supposed to take in on the field never took place because of the rain. Yeah, that rain. We always lose when it rains, except for the one game this year with Fields. <laughs> Remember the Super Bowl? <laughs> it rains the whole Super Bowl. Yeah. Right. I'm trying to look this the game up, bowl. and I'm af- I'm afraid when I press on this, it's going to like start. Well, I can look it sound. up if you need me to. Yeah, that Hall- Halloween game was oh 33 to six. Well, I said 34 six, so I was close. Yeah, 1994. Oh. 33 to 6. You were at that game, Vern, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, how, that's, that's how I got that the Butkus jersey signed. Mm-hmm. Butkus and Sayers, because that was the night the numbers were retired. Right. We lost to Green Bay was... the year before on Halloween as well, my 13th birthday. So <laughs> the, that one was in Green Bay or maybe even Milwaukee. Remember the Packers used to play some in Milwaukee? I don't know why. Yes, County Stadium. Yes. Yeah, before they moved it uh, strictly to Lambeau. Yeah, I remember that. They played back and forth. Yeah, so but we lost to the Packers on my 13th birthday and my night or my 13th and 14th birthdays, which was just miserable. 33 to 6 in an absolute fucking monsoon. I mean, <coughs> that field had more water on it than the 49ers game. Probably, and, yeah. And they put that new turf down for that game. So I mean, the old turf. Can you imagine that 49ers game and that old turf? That would it would have been awful. <laughs> when did they switch from the AstroTurf? Uh, 1988, which is so ironic because uh, you figure they could have made it like grass, like when Walter was still playing, so he wouldn't take such a beating on the old turf. But the first year they went to grass was the first year without Walter in 88. Wow. Okay. I would have said when they redid Soldier Field. No, the last game on turf was when the Doug Williams, when we, we were up 14 nothing. I should say, I shouldn't even say Doug Williams. It was Daryl Green that pretty much beat us that day with that punt return. And uh, McMahon got picked off trying to hit Willie Galt in the end zone. Uh, but yeah, Walter's last game in the 87 88 playoffs was the last time we, the Soldier Field had just straight up old school turf. 
this which guy proved hurt. to be Wilbur Marshall's last game with the Bears and Gary Fensick's last game with the Bears and Willie Galt's last game with the Bears. And uh, uh, we could go on and on. Let's see who else. Uh, Otis Wilson's last game with the Bears. That's Todd Bell's last game with the Bears. <laughs> Encyclopedia. I I just remember things, man. I don't know. Like I remember this stuff. Like I care, man. I don't know. Did you wanted Dan, to say something, Vern? The pitches, uh, the memorabilia, dead dogs. Yeah, we have some. So Vern has collected some memorabilia over the years here. This kind of reminds me of my uh, my Walter Payton rookie card that I have, which I'll never get rid of. Worth, yeah, that I don't even know how much. Bottom, that's a pin that they were given out at one of the games. And actually, that's a card. And I do have, I think I do have a card that he signed. I have to look oh, for it. Phenomenal. And then I made this black. Oh, you made that? This, yeah. That's nice. Yeah, that's epoxy. Oh, well done. It looks good. It's yeah, yeah, incredible. Looks... Yeah. And then we have this one, the old Super Bowl twenty <laughs> program. Program. Yes. Uh, I've got the forty Super Bowl forty one program. Nothing anybody wants it, but I have. It. <laughs> <laughs> that game was that game was in hand. They send it to me for free. I'm not kidding. After the season, I bought a jersey. I don't even remember who it was now, but I bought a jersey in the off season, and they mailed me that program just just because. I guess it was with my jersey. Huh. Wow, look that's at awesome! The price on look at the price on that program. Can we zoom in on it? I can't. I wish I could. I'm guessing no, it's just five dollars. I think you're right. It. It was a complete guess. I straight out of my five bus. <laughs> I can't see it. Oh yeah, it says five bucks. Yep. <laughs> I was I was guessing. I, I can't see it. Five bucks. Maybe like twenty bucks now. Vern, let me ask you. Uh, Vern, let me ask uh -huh. you a, a deep question here. The, you got to take your Bears bias out of this. Imagine that day, the AFC Championship game in '85. New England won their first game at the Orange Bowl since 1971, and it was raining, of course, and they, they knocked off the Dolphins. If the Dolphins go to the Super Bowl, do they beat the Bears again? Mm. That's scary. I'm glad the Bears didn't have to play Miami again. I know all the players are like, we want to kick Marino's ass, but Marino showed that he could, he's capable of beating you. So I don't know. I'd rather them just play New England again and get the title, you know? <laughs> Don't fuck around with Marino. He's a bad man back there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was. He was. I, I, I don't know the answer to that. I think you're right. I think they would have lost. Is that the, the same year that do we we lost one game? Yeah, to yeah, De, to uh, Dan Marino at the Orange Bowl against okay. the Dolphins on Monday Night Football. Eighty-five, fifteen and one. They lost on what Monday Night Football. Yeah, and they did the shuffle the next morning. Yep. After, oh, after a loss. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I had that to you pull know, up right you now. Know, I, what, the Super Bowl shuffle? Yeah. I, I wish I had the video of that to, to pull up. That'd be fun. I do. 
You do. But it's 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 VHS. Oh god, no, that's it. not gonna work. No, no, that's not gonna work. <laughs> no, I, I gotta get it converted. No, I mean, uh, just the, going and, online, and pulling the, it up. Did you ever see the making of the Super Bowl Shuffle? I did yes. not actually. Not the making of. I did not see the making yeah, of. Yeah, the making of is is is, is really interesting. That's funny. Yeah. It was like you said, Dan. It, it was uh, the next day, and a lot of the players didn't know about it. I think no. you know that part of it, right? Yeah, McMahon and Walter didn't even show up for it. They su they superimposed them in later, and Steve Fuller begs us to know that his leg, his uh, ankle was broken. He's like, "Look, I know I'm white, but my dancing is better than what it looks in that video. My ankle was broken." <laughs> He's like, "That's the best I could do." Really. Yeah, I swear Steve Fuller hurt his ankle the night before in the Dolphins game. I uh -oh, might have... be able to pull this up if you give me just a beta test of this, okay? Okay. Okay, Kitty. <laughs> well, I got, I, Vernon, I don't know if you remember this or not, but in 95, since you were there, when the Bears played the Oilers that day, they commemorated the 10th anniversary of the 85 team, so the whole team was back. Did you meet any legends that day? Do you recall? No, I I was not there that time. Oh, yeah, I was not. That would have been something else. Yeah. Oh man, there that would go. have been something else. Here we go. This one a Grammy. If anyone wants to shit on this, this one a Grammy. The audio's not there, but it's still <laughs> it, one a Grammy. It, it, it won a Grammy. Yeah, and look at poor Steve Fuller. He can barely move. It's like I said, he hurt his ankle the night before. Ah. Uh. Doing it, man. doing it for you. We're so bad. We know we're good. We can just sing this ourselves. Looking for there is number four. He's like, I, I, I can't your minds do like anything. We knew we would. We're so, just something. My mom's sweetness, just for fun. How's it go? My mama's boy sweetness, just oh god. Mama's boy Otis. Mama, yeah. No, no. I'm sorry. Well, they call me the sweetness, and I like to dance, running the balls like maintenance. Well, like yeah, we got to fast forward to this. Oh, speedy Willie wheeling, <laughs> and I'm world class. I like running, but I love to catch a pass. I practice all day and dance all night. I got to get ready for the Sunday fight. Well, I'm as smooth as a chocolate swirl. In fact, dance a little funky, so watch it, girl. There's no one here that doesn't <laughs> like me. You're my Super Bowl silver. We'll set you free. It's just. A, Oh, Samurai, Samurai Mike said yeah, yeah. that he Samurai hid Mike, this. Not them cold. Yeah, he said he hid this from his kids for years and didn't want them to know about. It. He was so ashamed of it. <laughs> really? All right, you so better. I can hear it in my headphones, but apparently you can't hear it. You better pull that before we get hit for a copyright fucking. Probably we're going to. You know? <laughs> if only I could have just matched it up perfectly. Uh, that was sweetness good. was awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That I mean, we all have that memorized, right? <laughs> if the linebackers in general are a huge part of the reason that team, other than McMahon and the Charles Martin thing, but think about this. After that 87 loss, uh, Otis Wilson gets hurt in the preseason in 88, never plays a down with the Bears again, and Wilbur Marshall is, is allowed to go plan B to, to Washington, which was just – and a, a horrendous move by the Bears. So you go from losing Otis and uh, Wilbur Marshall in the same offseason, and now your linebackers are Mike Singletary, 
Jim Morrissey and Ron Rivera. So that's a huge fall off. And that's almost, that's bigger than Walter retiring, honestly, because at that juncture, I hate to say this, but Neil Anderson was young and fresh and probably better than Walter at age 34, five, you know, Mm -hmm. because Neil's so much younger. So I hate to say it's blasphemous, but I'm just saying you could get by with Neil at that point. But those linebackers, that's such a huge loss. Dan, I'd like to get your take on why you think that team broke up. Let that team go. Um, you mean from management's perspective or just like it? Well, from the management's perspective, uh, okay. If you think about, I think they got two first round picks for Willie Galt, which on paper looks good, but I mean, and Trace Armstrong is this agent that everybody admires now, but I would rather have Willie, honestly. And like I said, uh, the Singletary had in his contract at the time, uh, it's like a favored nations clause. Essentially he had to be the highest paid linebacker on the team. So they couldn't pay Wilbur what the market was saying. This motherfucker's bad. You got to give him money because if they give Wilbur money, they got to give Singletary more money. So they was like, well, we can't play with back then. They really were cheap. When people said the bears are cheap, they're not anymore. Uh They've spent a lot of money the last 10 plus years trying to win. But yeah, so they couldn't pay Wilbur the money that he was commanding. So they let Wilbur go. McMahon gets hurt because of the Charles Martin play. And, you know, and you, you got Doug Flutie, you got Jim Harbaugh. I mean, just all these things have to go wrong from the Bears not to win again. And then you got retirements. You got Fensick leaving. You've got uh, Walter leaving. You've got Todd Bell holds out before 85, doesn't get any respect when he comes back. And he was a dominant safety. It basically plays special teams the rest of the way. Al Harris gets a little bit more PT after when he because he held out too. But it's just the whole team just sort of falls apart all at once. And it's it's crazy how that happened. I don't know if that's yeah, the answer it, you're looking for. Well, no, not 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 so much the answer, but I, I wanted to get your take on it because you know it it it's that was another painful one. And as Bears fans, when we go back and we think about those things. You have all these painful years, and they never recovered. They never recovered. But, but I will I, say, I, a lot of people forget the 88 team made it to the NFC Championship game, and they mm-hmm. hosted Montana, but the problem with that day was when like, they came in in October, Richard Denton had like five sacks on Montana. You got Denton in a primetime game, he's going to fuck somebody up. Like His problem was playing at noon sometimes. He got a little bit lazy, it felt like, you know, when the lights weren't on, but but uh, he broke his leg late in the season. And when by the time the NFC Championship game rolls around, they can't get any pressure on Montana. And despite the fact it's below zero, he's killing it downfield to Jerry Rice because we can't touch him. Mm-hmm. So that was the huge difference. The Bears could have gone back to the Super Bowl in 88, is what I'm saying. They did get his coach of the year. That's the year of the heart attack, too. Because uh, he lost all of his players, and they still were 12-4. and four. Oh. I do you, hate do that you feel loss. over the, that time to now? It seems that we repeat some of the same things over and over and over. I agree with that for sure. And yeah, it's like yeah, we're all we just are. banging our head off of a wall here as Bears fans, right? Like, right, right, right. And you go back in time, and you know, since since then, and it's it's like, what is it? What is it that has this team repeating the same things over and over again? 
I know we didn't want to go there, but <laughs> in, in, in it's, any it's, case, it's, because it's, that that 85 team was so dominant. Mm-hmm. So, so dominant. And probably would have won it in 84 if McMahon's not hurt. Honestly, they could have got there in 84 as well. And, and 86. Yeah. 87, he's back. But the thing is, uh, what hurt him that day, and give McMahon credit for playing, he had a pulled hamstring and he couldn't run. Mm-hmm. And then on one of the touchdown passes to Ron Morris, he got hit on that old turf, and it's so cold. It's like, again, it's like eight below zero wind chill. And he got hit on his injured shoulder on the turf. And McMahon even said on the podcast when we had him on that he shouldn't have stayed in the game, but he wanted to, like, to show he's tough and mm-hmm. that bravado of being the leader. But he said, in hindsight, he should have told Tom Zach, get your ass in the game. I can't play anymore. Hmm. The funky. Gooey. I mean, yeah, they had a 14 nothing lead that day, and the defense blew it. They had a 14 nothing lead on Washington. The punky QB was the difference on that team, and if he would have stayed healthy, he would have been one of the best quarterbacks in the entire league, not just – I mean, he was already for the Agreed. Bears. You know Agreed. the stats, Dan. I mean, 49-17 like- and 17 as a starter. At one point, he won 28 consecutive starts, and the reason he lost – that oh, man – it's Kevin Butler. You guessed it. They're on a Monday night game at, at Mile High Stadium in Denver. It's a shootout. The final score, Denver 31, Chicago 29. Why do the Bears have 29? Kevin Butler missed two, not one, but two extra points. Gosh. Hmm. Fern, uh, any one of these games, I mean, Dan has them all recorded. I could probably coerce him into giving you one of these if you want to see him. Oh, <laughs> man, if you, if you – I'm not kidding. If I, I don't – let me just say this. I've told so many people this out front. I don't want any money. NFL, don't come after me. I'm not trying to violate any copyright infringement. I copy games for people because I'm a Bears fan. If someone else is a Bears fan, I love to make them games that they'll watch it. So, yes, if you want old games, I'm your guy, man, and I don't want He's anything got- from you. I want nothing oh. from you. It's it's not it's not an empty gesture. I want nothing from you. I'm talking about original broadcast too. Wow. Yeah. Just for the love I, of yeah. the, the love of the love of the Bears. Any yeah. Game. If uh, uh, well, let me. I don't. You know, I'm not trying to get your number, but I'll give uh, my link right now to Dan. That's like my complete game list because I've got like games going back to like Super Bowl three. You know. So what? Uh, yeah, like the original broadcast. <laughs> so, like I said, if you he can forward it to you, and you just let me know. And I've got people that can vouch. Aldo, for example, I've sent Aldo games. You know, I sent Phil Atosian games. Uh, I don't, if draft, draft Doctor Phil, I've sent games to a lot of people. But yeah, I'll send this link to Dan now if he wants to send it to you. I think you have Go before, ahead. buddy. But yeah, you can send it again. I mean, well, I sent it to Dan. you via text if you could get it to Vernon. Yeah, this guy is a, he's amazing. His knowledge is far more superior than well, let's possibly. have some more fun with him. Dan, did I send you the picture with the tickets? Uh, ticket stuff. Oh, is, it this, is, this, is it this one? Hold on. No, oh, that's cool. What year? No, you that? didn't. Is that, is that the ticket stuff? No, 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 no. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's like a 11 by 17 picture frame. Hmm. No, you did not send me the, the, the ticket stub because I'll, I don't have anything with tickets on it. Okay. But I do yeah, have this as well. 
signed by. Yeah, that's a Tampa game. I who's that signed by? Who's that signed by? Who's I'm asking you. Yeah, it's Eric Red. I, I, I don't remember that one. I don't have it in front of me. <laughs> I th I think that's Eric Red and uh, what was that lineman's name uh, that they had all those years? I can't think of the lineman's name. Derek Brooks. Yeah, no, I'm at the white lineman, 74 there. I think that's Hardy Nickerson, isn't it? The linebacker there, isn't it? Hardy Nickerson and Eric Rett. And their lineman, uh, his name started with a G, I think. Uh, uh, Gruber, maybe? Looks good. Look at it. Look at it. Like it says, like Phil Rett or something like that. Eric Rett, Eric Rett's the running back. That's 32. I know no, the, the offensive lineman. I was trying to read it. I can't zoom in. It sucks. Oh, you can't. Okay. But what is this uh, one? Sir, it looks like a D. If you look at back, it looks like a D starting. A D A T A Y. Uh, I, I, think, I, think Hardy. I think that's Hardy Nickerson. H A R D Y, maybe. He was in Pittsburgh and Tampa. It was a good ball player. Yeah. But that's, that's a Hardy. T right there, is the third letter. It's a cross. It's a, yeah, a that's number 56, but the lineman, number 74, I, we're trying to figure out that guy's name. I can't figure that one out. Danny, I pro someone probably got that autograph for me while I was up in the booth. That's my favorite this Bears logo. That, that one right there in the top left corner, I don't know why we don't use that logo anymore. That's the best Bears logo ever. Mm -hmm. Love it. Totally yeah, old school. A, they should bring it back. A show. This was from a memorabilia show. Wendell Davis. Oh my God! Do you remember how Wendell's yep. career ended at the vet? Oh God! His kneecaps got knocked into his thighs. Oh God! I know. I love in 1993. I loved yeah. Wendell Davis too. I remember that play. Uh, Awful. It's one of the nastiest things I've ever seen in my life. It was worse than Joe Theismann in a lot of ways with LT. Mm-hmm. Here's one more. Yeah, that's Who the other that side one? of it. That was Wendell Davis. Yeah. Oh, that's the opposite side. Okay. Yep. Who let's is that Mike, signature? Let's give Mike Mike Hartenstein some love too. He's a Super Bowl under twenty one. Under, under the picture, is a name there? Nix's outlet and the advertiser network. <laughs> I should tell you. I can't read That's who that Wendell. is. This one's yeah, Wendell for sure. You know who was so underrated in that era at wide receiver for us it was Dennis Gentry. He played some running back oh. too, but he was explosive. He was Devin Hester before Devin Hester, or he mm -hmm. could have been. I loved Dennis Gentry back then, man. Yeah, he was a touchdown waiting to happen. Plus, you had Willie Galt, like they could return kicks too, and just. Mm -hmm. God, they had so much the guy talent. Below is Mike Hartenstein. Yeah, Hartenstein was the starting defensive end before Perry took over. Yeah, you can see the signature there, Mike Hartenstein. Yeah, because see, they when they put Perry in, they moved Hampton out. Mm -hmm. So you had Mongo and Perry inside, and and poor Mongo just devastatingly oh. the ALS. And then you'd have on the outside Richard Dent. And Dan Hampton. Dan Hampton could play defensive tack or defensive end. He was just a monster. Mm -hmm. I mean, this era, 
from the the transition from the 80s into the 90s was just i mean it was one of the best of our time i mean as much as we poo poo on you know uh moving on to wanstead and the the losses we had i mean want like you said dan wanstead he changed my mind over the course of the years he was one of my most hated coaches of all time and he became someone now that i now respect and when you move on to the, all the different errors we've had from them, it seems like we've had our head more and more up our asses ever since then. And well, let's not forget after you know the team is essentially broken up. Like I said, '88 you go to the NFC Championship game. '89 they did struggle and finish six and ten, but '90 they're eleven and five, and and they started out like eight and zero, made mm-hmm. it to the second round, and then they're ten and six again in '91 and get upset by Dallas on the lakefront. And so it's not like he didn't have, they were still playing good football. The biggest problem in that era is you didn't have the dominant linebackers. Plus it seemed that Neil Anderson and Brad Muster were always hurt. Mm -hmm. So they couldn't run the ball the way Ditkid would want to run the ball because your backs are always suffering from hamstring injuries. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dan, I don't know. And if I apologize, I'll send them to you another time, but Going back to Sayers and Butkus that night at a retirement, they did a special. Looks like a, it looked like a baseball card um, for the retirement that night. Hmm. Do you have uh, those? No, I don't. I only have seven images that you sent me, which not those are not one of them. But um, yeah, that'd Dan be cool to like see. Yeah. And, and then uh, there's a black and white that Walter autographed for me oh, man. of him running the ball. And I oh, think man. that's what I had in my hand that, that day I met him on the sideline. And he signed that too? Yeah. Well. Did you I, ever I, meet anybody that was rude to you? Or, I mean, it all no. just kind of was uh, like, you just thought, man, what an asshole he is. No, not really. I expected Al Davis to be that way based on the image that we saw, but he wasn't. Yeah. He wasn't at all. Not one player took- in camp like John Theory or just somebody like random. John Theory's passed on, so I shouldn't have said him, but uh, just somebody John random. Theory's- John Theory's gone too? Huh? Yeah, John Theory, uh, Gedney's gone, Ryan Wetnight's gone. Wow. Yeah. Chris Gedney no, died, I, Ryan Wetnight. At the training camp, I, everybody was just so pleasant. I mean, everybody you talked to, there was no one that was really felt that they were bigger than bigger than the man. No. Right. Yeah, it's cool. like, like I was saying, it's like you're part of the production. So they just accept yeah. you as part of the production. They're like, hey, what's going on, Vern? What's up, right. man? You know? That was so awesome. What a great time that was. I mean, do you all have pictures of yourself on the sidelines or something? I mean, I no. know everyone didn't I mean, have no. a, a cell phone back then. It, like and take- no, right. <laughs> in those days, there was no such thing. We were talking about that. It, yeah, we were. All- if only you had a cell phone. <laughs> right. If only we had a cell phone. Or one of those Polaroids that just developed as soon as you took it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, if, if yep. you did, that have to be scanned into a computer somehow. And I'm sure we had, I, I definitely know I have some of those, Vern. I have Polaroid pictures, like on paper, you know. But 
Hmm. Fuck. You got to scan those into your computer and, you know, (laughs) upload those and re-digitize them and all that shit to make it work. If they haven't faded. Right. They're all in a box. I I, I saw them recently, so they're in decent condition, but, you know, they're still just pictures on a cheap camera, so... But wow, I mean yeah, that was I'll, an amazing I'll, time. I'll get all the other stuff to you because that 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 would be great, and I'm sure Dan would would appreciate it back from. Oh that yeah, time. for sure. You know the the the. And I was just looking at them, and there's and there's more I didn't take as even the game charts. I have that and it's autographed. I can't tell from my phone who who signed them, but I have mm-hmm. those too. What do you? But, you are know, you on Twitter, you, Vernon? Uh no, not really. Dan, how did you find me? Is it Twitter? I found you on Facebook. Oh, it was through Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I'm not. We well, haven't spoken in that... 20 plus years until this podcast, and I reached out to him to talk about this. And then ho- here we are after like 20 plus years, like holy shit. Well, let, let me just years. reiterate if I could reiterate to you one more time about the games. If you want any games. I have to record them in real time. So if a game took three hours to play, it's three hours to record. So I, I would just need a couple weeks to get you whatever games you want. If you want any, please let me help you from one bear fan okay. to another. And it's not an empty it. gesture. I want nothing in return. Zero. Nothing. Appreciate it very much. I offer this to everybody, awesome. man. Thank you. That's awesome. You're um, such an awesome guy, Dan. I just, I mean, if I were a bear fan and I didn't have game X or or whatever, and I was like, dude, I want to see that game, and somebody else would give it to me for free, it would feel like I won the fucking lottery. So I try to <laughs> I try to do that for other people, you know? Yeah, totally. Is that your lovely wife helping you out with stuff there, Vern? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I, well, I tell her we said hi, and thank you for her time. <laughs> okay. Liz, they said hi. Oh, hello. And, and thank you for yeah, her actually, time. And and thanks for my time. <laughs> she actually listened to a portion of the show on Monday night. Oh yeah, with you and I, Dan, on Monday on, on the bar. I think North. Monday we were all negative. You were trying to be positive. I think it's. The <laughs> I was, best I, show. I'm trying to remain positive as I can. I mean, it's, yeah. <laughs> I'm not giving up on Justin Fields yet. I'm. I'm not. It's not. It's not time yet. It's no. not. So. There's a lot to be seen. There's a lot we have seen. There's a lot to be a lot more to be seen. So I am definitely not giving up on the kid. It's it's um it's a work in progress, and we just have to like be patient. That's all. That's why the, the motto of the show was patience is a virtue. If I could reminisce just another minute, Please one of do. the thing one of the things you talked about with Wanstead, when I was a kid, it's like now I'll go back and watch the games. I don't. When I was a kid, I hated Mike Tomzak. I'm not like I just thought of him that he was like somehow screwing McMahon out of playing time or, or whatever. And I just thought, fuck Mike Tomzak, you know. And like now I love Mike Tomzak. The guy wasn't even drafted, and he's he's like the best backup we ever had, you know. I know. <laughs> and I love Tomzak now, but as a kid, I just hated him. And it's so ironic. I feel the, the same Tom, way. The Tomzak and McMahon were great friends, and they both hated Harbaugh. <laughs> I asked McMahon on our podcast when he came on because Harbaugh claimed when Jim was traded to San Diego, they had a preseason game with San Diego the same week he got traded. They Harbaugh claimed that 
he was signaling plays to Tom Zach back and forth because they wanted to somehow help Tom Zach become the starter and fuck Harbaugh. And McMahon's just said, he, he's full of shit. He's like, that didn't happen. <laughs> I remember that. He's like, how could I, I have done that? I mean, I don't. I didn't even know that what San Diego was doing yet. I just got traded there. Vern, he got to ask Jim McMahon questions. I mean, wow. I was so really? sick that night, though. Wow. I had a sinus infection. I sounded like shit. But the interview with Eric Kramer is the one that I, I'm so happy with, honestly, if I'm touting one. Eric Kramer gave us like two and a half hours. That I'm sorry to say is one I have not seen yet, and I am going to is have that on the bar room. Yes, yeah, it was amazing. Like, I do you know Vern? Do you know? Do you know uh, Kramer's story? Like after his career? No. Oh, let me let me give you a summary of this. So, and, and it's it's dark now. Initially, I when we were reaching out to Eric's handlers, we were like, "Look, we don't. We just want to talk football. We don't want to exploit his problems." And they're like, "No, no, no, no. He wants to talk and share his side of the story." So we're like, oh, okay. So uh, Kramer uh, is doing Bears preseason football for Chicago TV, but he's not making it with the big network, you know. Plus, he's suffering from, uh, you know, concussions and and everything, and I, he's struggling in his marriage suddenly. And then his son dies of a heroin overdose, twelfth grade. Wow. Okay. So then he and his wife divorce. Then his mom dies. Then his dad dies. So he's like, fuck this. I can't take it. He gets all of his finances in order to make sure everyone's taken care of. He shoots himself in the head. Literally shoots himself in the head. It doesn't kill him by like a micrometer or something. So he sits in a hospital with a swollen brain for a year. They get him out, but they're like, he's going to be like a boxer who's punchy. For a couple of years, it's going to take four or five years for him to be the guy he was before he shot himself. So during that time, he's, he's working out and he's learning to drive again, learning to walk again. They have to do surgeries on his jaw and his tongue to make him speak well again. But this girl that he grew up with marries him and he doesn't even realize he's married because, again, he's sort of like Dustin Hoffman in Rain Man. He, he's not right yeah. yet. Right, right. And so he gets married. He doesn't even know he's married. And this woman is stealing all of his money because she's suddenly now his wife. And then when he comes to his sister's the wow. one that figures out, hey, she's taking all your money and stuff. He confronts her and she says, oh, he's scary. He shot himself in the head before. Uh, police come help me. Scary man. He, he He's violent. So he, try, he tells her he's going to get divorced. So she calls the police. He's like, they take my ass to jail. And she's in my house just stealing everything she wants. So it's on the first page of TMZ and everything like, oh, wife beater Eric Kramer and and then eventually he's absolved of all of this and she's charged with like 18 felonies and then COVID hits. So they're like, eh, it's not really that big of a deal because Pino COVID he's like, fuck that. She should be prosecuted. They're like, but dude, you've got a lot of money still. He's like, what difference does that make? So at the time he gave us over an hour to talk about old football, but he really wanted to, to tell everybody I did not hit this woman. That is a fucking lie. Because he was just saying, if a woman says you hit her, you're always a, a wife beater. You know, the retraction story is on page 78. The the, the right. story that you hit her is on page one. Right. So that's why he was so wanting to tell his whole story. And it got uncomfortable. Like the, I got, I let him go too far on no, numerous points. I can't speak for Aldo. I'm just saying, I know I should have cut him off, but he would get so emotional. And for 
obvious reasons. And I did a poor job of handling the interview because I was so afraid to interrupt him because he was so passionate about what he was saying, but I could have kept it on track better. But all in all, that's my favorite work with the bar room because you could ask, I could ask Kramer about a play and he would be like, Oh yeah, I'll tell you who was at tight end, who was at guard. He can tell you who's in the huddle when you're bringing up plays. Like he remembers everything. And versus Jim McMahon, whom I love, Jim just, like I brought up when he beat the Packers in 83 to eliminate them from the playoffs and got Bart Starr fired, he had no recollection of that. Like <laughs> he just, he doesn't remember a lot of stuff like that, but like Eric Kramer remembers everything. It's like the movie wow. Fight Club where he blew his yeah, brains exactly. out at the end and he lived yeah. and he and he but in this case he lost none of his memory whatsoever. Not his long term. His long term, he's on point. I'm gonna have to make wow. sure I go back and re and watch that video on Dan and Eldo on Barham because that I've heard about that recently a lot of times in the last couple of weeks, and that really intrigues. I, I have to see that. Yeah, I know Eric, his story. It's crazy. And Eric says he's not suicidal anymore after the shot. Like he doesn't have the headaches anymore. Uh, and he said that, you know, he's a, a season ticket holder to the Chargers games because he lives out. He, he's a California guy, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, he still comes back and watches one or two Bears games a year. So football kind of helps him like his, he's talking to other players that dealt with CTE and things like that. And it's, he seems like he's in a good place, you know, all things considered like after that. And now he's his normal, he's himself again. Like he's had the five plus years and his brain is normal, functioning normally. Wow. That's, an, that's wow. amazing. What an amazing story. Yeah. I was afraid to touch any of that. Cause I didn't want him to think we were sensationalizing it like for clicks right. or something. But like I said, he really wanted us to, to give him an, an opportunity to tell that side of the story. What an awesome interview for you to have with him on that. That's, I mean, I know you feel like you're certain ways about it, but shit, you're interviewing Eric Kramer. What else can you expect? Oh, man, from that, I, that, I was just telling Vernon about games. Guess what I sent games to? I fucking mailed Eric Kramer football games to Eric Kramer. <laughs> Eric Kramer had merchandise. We were talking, like he had like his jerseys and stuff, and he said <laughs> he didn't like that 1920s jersey that I liked that they wore in 94 for the 75th anniversary. Uh, he has all those old jerseys and stuff, but he said he didn't have any of his games. So I sent him a shit ton of games on DVD, like of Eric Kramer. That's the first Bears jersey that I ever bought because I was only like 16, was an Eric Kramer authentic jersey for the Bears. I still got the jersey. But yeah, so the first jersey I ever buy, and I've, I've bought like 75 cents, way too many, waste too much money. I'm an idiot. But I would watch this guy on TV, really like him, and then years later I would mail him games. How cool is that? Amazing. I listen. Wow. I used to, I used to love that team, love Eric Kramer, and I'm sitting here talking to you about it. I I, I was thinking about this. We almost got to have uh, Thomas Jones on the show on Barroom on Monday night, and I was just thinking like, wow, that would have been amazing to have just come this full circle to where he's one of my I said top four when I put the comment and then Eldo pulled up on the show but he's probably in my top three favorite Bears running backs of all time and we almost I almost got to talk to him that was so cool and just sitting here like you're saying Dan like wow that would have been amazing 
And I can't even Street, imagine. He ended like, up what during the morning? Yeah, yeah. He had, he worked with Greg Gabriel that day. He had some kind of commitment in the evening and had to do it before noon. Mm-hmm. He's an actor now, Thomas Jones. So he yeah. he uh, he was out. He had a commitment to do with his schedule. And you know that was probably the better interview anyway was Aldo and uh, Greg because Greg worked with him for so long and was part of the process of bringing him into the team. So. I mean, I, I was happy with the interview. I'm, I'm not, I, I, I'm, I'm, it sucks that the opportunity was lost, but I'm happy that uh, he was interviewed by such quality people because I'm only just a rookie to this. So, well, the thing that I, that I find from players, it's like one way or the other. It's like they don't mind that you're a little fanboy or they really hate that you're a fanboy. Exactly. So it's yeah. just like it just, it's hit or miss. And if you're going to talk to them, if they're going to enjoy talking to you or not, like, I think Kramer had a legitimately good time. I think McMahon was like, when's this shit over? <laughs> I he think McMahon's like, like that with every interview. It's just like, he was eating a, he was eating a cheeseburger to start off that episode. He's like, was that was it, right? <laughs> yeah, I didn't have the video of it. I was just on listening because I didn't want to be distracted by pictures. He was like, well, I'm um, sorry, guys. I'm, yeah, I'm eating dinner. He's like, I'm in my buddy's basement. I'm finishing my, I got to finish my cheeseburger. So he's just like taking bites, talking. Yep. Yep. That was a big hit, <laughs> but it was an awesome interview. I loved it. And you put what did, me down. What did, you think of, uh, what did you think of Cutler Vernon? I was a Cutler guy. <sighs> Very uh, opt, optimistic when they traded him. Okay. When they brought him in. Uh, okay, great. We're going to do it this time. And then it just seemed to go downhill. So, you know, to really, when you think about some of these players now and you look at their past and you look at year after year what has happened and you say, really, where was the problem? Was it really Cutler or was it the team? Was it, you know, the overall support of management there and having the right pieces in place so that he can be successful. He came out of a system and he came out of Denver top. And so I really, I would say, I liked the guy, he was good. I say that today, when back then it was like, oh, here we go again, another flop. We seem to just keep picking them up. But as you learn more and I, and, and, and hopefully we don't go down the same path. With, with Justin. With Justin, you know not having the right systems, not having the things in place to support this guy mm. makes them look bad. And then some of them end up going someplace else and come back and beat us up. <laughs> a lot of them. That would be bad. And Cutler was brought into a team with uh, Ron Turner, and he threw more interceptions than he did touchdowns that year although he threw 26 touchdowns that year and what 29 interceptions dan something like that yeah and, and ron was supposed to be a guru and then they then they fire ron and they bring in mike martz and they interviewed tressman that year too if they'd have hired tressman like tressman was a, a solid coordinator was just a terrible head coach if if they'd have fi- if they'd have hired tressman and had that offense that Cutler excelled in in 2013 and 14, then maybe right. they win the Super Bowl that year. They still almost won it if Jay doesn't get hurt. 
Oh, I know. Oh. It was a playoff game, right? Yeah, I guess the Packers. The playoff championship game. Yeah, Olin Cruz said that Cutler, because he had a grade two tear of his knee, one of his like ligaments in his knee. Cruz said on the radio that Jay come back in the huddle and was trying to just play, you know, fuck it, let's go, man. This is for the Super Bowl. And his leg was shaking involuntarily, just throbbing and shaking visibly. He said he could put zero weight on his leg. And he, had they come back to one, to have won the game, Cutler still wouldn't have been able to play in the Super Bowl. That's how hurt he was. But the Bears didn't tell Fox that, and then the, the rest of the world said Jay's a pussy. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. And it, it, it created the narrative for myself, who I became a, a Jay Cutler hater too. And I, you know, I look back on it now and I think, what the fuck? And I, I think he could have been one of the best quarterbacks we ever had. In fact, he holds the stats for the best quarterback we've ever had. So I, I know where you're coming from, Dan, with your love for Jay Cutler. I had my love, I lost it, and now I'm I'm having like kind of my like re love for Cutler again because I realized what we had and the kid just we went what seven and one in one year seven and three the next year he got injured both years the, the season tanked he we make it to the championship game against the Packers he gets injured doesn't come out the second half it was a very mysterious reason for him not coming back because they never reported that he had an injury but it to was begin that with. Knee, it was that knee that Cruz was talking about, though. Right, but they never were like, oh, it wasn't like you're like, oh, Cutler's down with a knee injury. Let's go to halftime. You know, they just came out of halftime. They were like, oh, Cutler's not in the game because he has a knee injury. We were all like, what the hell is going on right now? And he was trying and, to ride the bike to get loose, and they just made it seem like he was chilling and didn't care. And that mm-hmm. just created this whole smoking Jay narrative that we've all seen on the internet. You know, and I guess you haven't, Vern. You know, they, they take those faces where he has, like, and they put a cigarette uh-huh. in his mouth. You know, and so, or actually, the other way. Aldo has a theory that, because, yeah. you know, he was a type 1 diabetic. So mm-hmm. he had to take his blood sugar every quarter. I mean, literally every right. quarter he's, he's sticking himself in the on the sideline. He says that part of, his theory is that part of Cutler's moodiness, if you will, it comes, stems from being a diabetic. I mean, having to go through all that shit, you don't. I'm you don't, sure it might have. Yeah, you're worried about your blood sugar. You don't really want to care if you're fucking smiling or not. You're like, I'm trying to win a game and trying to stay healthy. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you guys think about this last call at House Hall? It's been my pleasure talking to Vernon for sure. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it very much. I did too, Vern. I, I think uh, you know your your uh, passion and love for the Bears and your experience with the Bears is just something that's fun to talk to. I love just talking Bears with you on the phone. You know, so anytime that you want to come back and join us on Bears Country Podcast, please let us know. We'll have you on anytime. I will, and I'll I'll get you um, those other pictures, and there's a lot there to talk about. Um, yeah. You know, you for the fans, it's an experience that sometimes it's hard to describe it yeah. of having that opportunity to be around a team behind the scenes. Right. And I remember one of the first things when I went there, I just looked and I said. You know what? It's just another business. 
Right. It's just sports. Bunch of athletes, right. top performing athletes, and having that kind of an opportunity, especially a team that you support and you love, to be around and to do all the things that we did. It's 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 awesome. And I reach every fan could have that opportunity to go behind the scenes of their own team and spend some that time mean, and see what goes on. Did that make you a stronger fan? Yes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. No if ands or buts about it. Hundred thousand percent. Yeah. I mean we, absolutely Dan, we we were standing next to you know Bears players with a slop, you know, tray in our hand, getting meals with them, like listening to their conversations. I mean, sitting in a table, not at their table, because we were just by ourselves, right, but just eavesdropping as to what's going on on the table next to us. And you just hear the stories. You're like, yeah, they're just talking about everyday shit over there. It's just, <laughs> it, they're not. They're not talking about and I remember thinking like for the first time seeing the game from the press box view was so different that Dan, yes, like you don't is. like to you don't you it don't is. like to go to uh, Dan doesn't like to go to games because you like you've said to me before, you want that in-home experience where you're getting that on the television, you can see every play in real time. When you're sitting in there in the press box, which is like the perfect view looking down on it left to right it makes the game feel mortal you know when when you're watching it on tv it almost feels immortal they feel like warriors and superheroes that are doing all this amazing shit and you're like wow that was impressive but when you're up there looking down from that press box like you said Vern, you agree with me it's like you're seeing the plays develop in real time. You're like, oh, that's not going to work. Oh, that looks, that looks hard. You know, mm -hmm. it, it and it 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 kind of compresses it into this, in like this mortality of it, and it makes it to where you're like, wow, I really am able to uh, understand what this, what the players are going through on the field during this game. I was at the first 49ers game this year sitting in the end zone basically watching every you know play from going out or in to out and you're almost watching it from their perspective like the camera perspective that you see from Amazon Prime where you're right behind them and you, you can see oh all the offensive linemen are in the way and you you have to find out and look where those gaps are where the passes have to go through so when you're watching justin fields drop back from you know the seven the seventh row on the end zone you can see that oh you need these gaps to throw you know from the offensive line to throw through and if they if they're not there they're going to break down and i was at run. Fields, i was at fields first start in cleveland when he got sacked like 36 times it was brutal and yeah we we had great seats down low and just saw him taking a beating, and that's been a microcosm of all of his time in Chicago. Mm -hmm. Well, adding and to what you were saying, Dan, you know, if you remember being in the the room with the statisticians and yeah. with their focus on certain individuals and listening to them, 
and hearing everything that they're saying and looking out and saying, oh, I didn't see that before. And uh, looking at it from the television, you don't see that kind of stuff. Right. You really don't. And they're so focused. Does they have so focused on what they're doing. Did you all meet any of the broadcasters like a Dick Enberg or John Madden, Pat Summerall, anybody when you're in the press box? Uh, some of them. Um, the guys like a John Madden and they, they are in a different, they're in a different section completely. Right. The press box where we are primarily had a lot of the other, this was like hundreds of, <coughs> excuse me, of, um, press people there. Yeah. From radio, television. ESPN, to NBC, ABC, yeah. CBS, just like the local reporters that they put on, Correct. you know, Andrea Kramer, Mark Greco, so-and-so, so-and-so, you know, uh, in modern times, it would have been like, uh, uh, who's, what's his name that just passed away from ESPN? Oh gosh. I, Dick, no, not Dick. Um, Dan, you know, you got, you know, his name, the guy that just passed away from ESPN bears, Chris, um, Dick Eric Dickerson. Eric Dickerson. Or no, Dickerson. Dickerson? Uh, J no. Jeff Dickerson. Sorry. Jeff Dickerson. Yeah, Jeff. I was going to say Eric Dickerson. That's Eric Dickerson, Los Angeles yeah. Rams. Running back. Yeah. Jeff, like Jeff Dickerson. That would have been one of the guys. Like uh, Adam Adam Hogue or Adam Johns. Jeff Dickerson. Gotcha. It, it would have been those the guys writers, that were in The beat writers. Yeah. 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 The beat writers. Yep. And having us literally staple together five copies of the stats to hand out to each one of them was just insane insane yeah. what a fun Heck time experience and i want to thank you for that because i would have never had that without you so thank you very much you're quite welcome it was my pleasure now did you well, all work it. together how did that how that come about yeah like, he, uh, he, he well we were you we, up we were family friends, and then he he got right. the job to the Bears, and he was like, "Well, I have this extra press ticket, this extra press pass ticket. If you want to come with me and run off these stats with me," <laughs> and I was like, "Are you kidding me? Yes, of course." Right. Yeah, and so we had to run up. We had to like, what was it, like five minutes to go? Okay, yeah. ready? One, two, three, go. And we're like, staple, 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 staple. Staple, 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 staple. We were like, and then okay, make a pile. Here you go. 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 Right. And, and like, everything was timed. Thank you, thank you, peasant. Thank you, peasant. Thank you, peasant. You're like, yes, sir. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yes. <laughs> everything was timed. Meanwhile, we, meanwhile, we couldn't cheer. We couldn't swear. We could do nothing but go. Yeah, the couldn't yeah. and not being able to cheer or be demonstrative. That would yeah, it was it was it would have been yeah, my, yeah, my drawback. And then it was like, yeah. like, oh, yeah, they would ask you to leave. It was yeah, it was that was the worst part was not being able to be vocal and yes or fuck, you know. Yeah. That was the hardest part for me as a fan. And e even inside of the the Bears stats room where we primarily hung out, um, you couldn't either because they were so focused on what they were doing. Mm -hmm. you, 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 you just couldn't, you had to, 
You have to contain everything while you're excited. I remember sitting next to, I, I specifically remember Andrea Kramer sitting right next to me most of my games. And she was just what you said, Vern. She was so focused. Just her bug eyes bugging out of her head, focused. Like she did not talk. She wasn't social. She wasn't fun to be around. I felt uncomfortable sitting next to her, but she was doing her job amazingly. And that's what right. got her to the point where she was in her career. So kudos to her. <laughs> Right, but right. she was not fun to even. She was nothing to talk to. Focused, laser focused. Everyone there was in the press box, laser focused. Yep, that's what. It and that was for. back before they had podcasts to do, Dan. You know, like Hogan <laughs> Johns and shit. Now, oh fuck, we have to do a podcast in a half an hour. Shit, podcast notes. You know, <laughs> right. So, it was crazy, man. That was before cell phones. Yeah, just well, I can remember in the early stuff. 90s, ESPN had a 1 900 number for you to call to get scores. Oh, really, yeah, in like 92, <laughs> 93, or whatever, 94. You had call to get score updates because it, it was they it was gave them at the bottom of the screen on ESPN like 28 and 58 past the hour. But if you had to know now, you could call this 900 number. And pay like ninety nine cents a minute and find out right now, you know. And they'll 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 uh, page you on your pager, right? <laughs> I never did it. I don't know about that. But you get the score on your pager. <laughs> the worst part about growing up where I did, being surrounded by Redskins and Steeler fans, not the not the fact that they didn't like the Bears, is that you know I didn't have Sunday ticket yet. So every day on, like I said, my CBS, I would have Washington and I have Pittsburgh on my NBC and I would just have to watch these other teams for the updates to find out what the bears were doing. Mm -hmm. It was just like the worst time you're cause you're like, Oh, we're still down 10, seven. What's going on? Like what's happening? Why can't we score? Like it was just the most miserable time. Like of my youth, like just wanting to know what was happening. So I hope that I'm never in that spot again. I always have to have Sunday ticket to watch the Bear games. But Luckily, my buddy gives me his login to it. <laughs> I've been recording the games for almost 30 years now. So That's awesome, man. Yeah. Okay, well, guys, this let's, was great. Yeah, let's wrap this up, guys. Vern, you're welcome to come on the show anytime you would like. It's been a pleasure having you on. Dan, as always, you're just a a manifestation of knowledge with the bears. You're just wow. Wow. And wow. Over and over again. Well, reminding Vernon again, if you want some games, I'm your guy. I, you, I, I will not forget Dan. Yes, sir. And the next, <laughs> the next venture is to get to one of the local bears bars, or they call it a pub over here in union station and do the bears country podcast. Well, I'm going to be in town for the Dolphins game on November 6th, and so is Dan, actually. And I got tickets for the Minnesota game in Week 18 as well. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, I love how you're wearing the Bears Country podcast shirt, Vern. Appreciate that. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Let us know when you want to come back on the show. We will do this again soon. Dan, we'll see you soon at the uh, Dolphins game. That's going to be amazing. That's and gonna win. 
Until next time, guys. Ready? One, two, three. Bears. Bears. Bears.